Blog Talk Radio. Happy July the 5th to everyone. Welcome to the Best Life Cafe. My name is Kathy Anello. I'm the author of the book, Six Months to Live, Making Each Day Matter, and together with my co-host, Carrie Butler. Carrie Butler is a Ho'oponopono forgiveness coach. She is also the owner of the LA-based consulting firm, Emergency Cafe. And this morning, we are here with our special guest author, Kim Wirtz. Kim wrote a book called Waking Up an Empath, and it is her year-long journey really to discovering why her emotions and her moods were often heightened. She discovered uh, many things about herself during this year, and it's, it's, uh, she was shocked to find out she was an empath. She had a learning curve on what that was supposed to be like, and then she became a healer, a psychic, a medium. Uh, she learned how to do Reiki, which is this fantastic healing method, Her story is relatable to many people who are afraid to let the world know of their abilities and pretty much discovering who you really are through this. So her story will inspire you. And if you're ever were wondering, why am I so sensitive? This interview is the one for you. Good morning, Kim. Good morning, ladies. Good morning, Carrie. Good morning, my love. How are you? I'm great. Are you still hearing music? Uh, No, not anymore. It was. Okay, I, I was hearing music for a minute, though. Um, I know. I was like, Hi, Kim, oh, my God. I'm so excited. I know. Sorry. Um, Kim, I'm so excited to be on this call with you, and, like, I, this interview is going to be so exciting. I've, I've always, always, always wanted to know about my, you know, feelings and how I know that I take on other people's sensitivities. So I'm just really, really excited to hear your story. I'm just grateful you guys are having me on. I love your guys' show, so this is brilliant for me. <laughs> Yay. So, uh, Kim, you come from, like, let's tell our listeners, where are, you're in Canada. I and am in you, Canada. I know, and I love that. You have a really big following in Canada. We're going to talk about all the events that you have coming up and some book signings in New York. I am just so excited for you. You're, I wanted to just let our listeners know that, I met Kim uh, through another mutual friend. Actually, he was a guest on our show, John Masalunas, and we, he introduced me to Kim. We kind of met on Facebook, and I was so inspired by her story. A, she's a self-published author, which is so am I, but not only did we actually use the same publisher, but we used the same editor, and shout out to Kaidi Keating. Uh, when I found that you, you, know, that you used the same editor as I, uh, I was so excited because she's such a good editor, and... Maybe you could just talk to us a little bit about your self-publishing process and, and pretty much talk to us about your waking up of uh, an empath and how you got to bring this book to the light. Absolutely. When I um, originally wrote the book, I wasn't sure I was actually going to publish it. <laughs> I mm-hmm. didn't really have that intention in mind. It was It was about journaling at that time. It was about getting the information down. And, you know, I had some angels kind of kicking my butt a little bit to write it. But there was nobody pushing me to publish it at that time. So it was really for me, it was for my son who, you know, I was, I was a little concerned that maybe if one day I wasn't around, who's going to tell him that he's an empath and what that means. So I, originally I wrote it for him. And going through the process of writing the book, I started to realize there's no books out there like this. I could barely uh-huh. find any resources to help me. And there certainly wasn't a one-stop shop of information that I could just pick up a book and go, okay, just give me the lowdown here. Like I'm new to this stuff. Just give me the basics. And there wasn't, there wasn't anything like that. So when I finished writing the book, I, I shelved it, to be honest. I actually shelved it for quite what? a while. And, uh, you know, it, I didn't know anything about publishing. Um, you know, it's, it's a daunting process. And so it wasn't until my, my partner now came home one day and his coworker, we were talking about her and we're like, oh, she's an empath. Oh, what she's going through is basically what I talked about in my book. 
oh, ding, 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 the light bulb goes off. <laughs> she needs my book. <laughs> so wow. I gave her my my written copy that was, you know, not published, not even edited at that point. I just sent it to her and said, here, this is really going to help you understand what you're going through right now. And she read it and, it, like, she couldn't put it down. She started reading it and it was like, what she stayed up all night and she read it. And the next day she was jumping off the walls. She was all over the place and she couldn't wait to meet me. She was so excited. And she's like, it all makes sense. It finally makes sense. <laughs> and that's when I knew time to publish it. So oh, I did. I, I, I went through the process. Yeah. And how did you find uh, the Kitey? Well, it's funny. She came to me. <laughs> Oh, how I funny. Wow. I found her on Twitter. Yeah, I, I I found her on Twitter, and I was so hesitant to just use somebody off of Twitter. You know, I was like, okay, this is so random. I'm throwing out this money. I have no idea who this person is. I went by her reviews and was just knocked off to her. So I was just curious how you found her. And, and so she found you, which is awesome. She found me. She sent me a message. And she just said, oh, if you ever need an editor. She didn't even know I had a book. But she sent me a message, and she said, if you ever need an editor, this is what I do. And I go, I ask my guides in the way that I do. I said, is she my editor? And they're like, yep. <laughs> okay, then. Probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't have to so, search. I didn't have to seek. Yeah. I really, really That's love awesome. her work. And so then I also, so one of the things, the hit that I loved about your book and uh, was that for me personally, and, and, and I consider myself an empath and I consider myself spiritual and, you know, a healer, but it was more like for me it was a metaphysical encyclopedia of information because you really take the readers through each step of your sort of enlightenment. And I just loved that. Very yeah, exciting. it was certainly a process. Yeah. It's um... – the reason I did that is because that's how I operate. That's how I figured all this stuff out. That was literally my process that I was going through. And mm-hmm. each thing that I researched, each thing that I took up led to another and led to another and led to another. And so the book is just literally my mapping out that process that I went through. Yeah, and it's really, that's really clear, awesome. and that's what I really love. So, Kim, honey, I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. How did you, like, how did you know you were an empath? Like, what even, like, started you on this journey? Like, let's go back to the very beginning. Like, you know, your book is titled Waking Up an Empath. Like, is that exactly what happened? Like, you woke up one morning and That's you were exactly just like, Whoa. what like, happened. Wow. That is so tell exactly us a little bit about that. to the letter. Well, what happened was one weekend I was going camping out in BC and we were just driving. And so, you know, when, when we're the passenger, you usually will bring some books or something to occupy yourself, right? So I did. I had right. some books with me. And this book I was reading had this character called an empath. That's fine, whatever. But I'd never heard this word before. And you've got to understand, like, I read a lot. And I think I have a pretty good command on the English language. And I'd never heard this word, ever. So it was very strange. But okay, aside from that, I keep reading the book, and I'm enjoying the book, except that the main character sounds exactly like me, to the letter. (laughs) Everything they describe is me. And it was freaking me out, because this book is fiction. (laughs) Like, how does a fiction book describe my life? And so this was rumbling around in my brain all weekend where we didn't have cellular access while we were camping. So I couldn't look anything up. And this empath words rattling around in my brain all weekend driving me crazy. And so on the drive home at the end of the long weekend, September long weekend uh, 2014, I start Googling, what the heck's an empath? And the first thing that when you Google that, the first thing that comes up is all these empath quizzes. So I took it to mean, oh, these are just for fun, right? Like, you do these quizzes for fun, for entertainment. Except that every bloody quiz I did said, you're an empath. No doubt about it. 100%. <laughs> you're an empath. And it kept happening over and over. 
all these different quizzes, completely different websites, completely different quizzes. So I was really freaking out because I'm like, how did, how could I be this label and not even know it and not even know what that means? And then when I started to understand what it meant, well, then I didn't want it. I'm like, well, how do I get rid of this? <laughs> this is my, <laughs> my life so difficult, you know, from day one. It's been hard and, and scary and I've been different and odd. And, and I'm like, I just want to get rid of it. <laughs> so that lasted a few days before I finally realized you can't get rid of it, so you might as well embrace it. <laughs> and it's, it, I realized not being an empath would be like cutting off my arm. I don't think I'd even know how to operate. So I'm like, okay, suck it up, deal with it. I'm an adult. How do I work with this now? And that's, that's how it all began. Wow. So for our listeners who don't know, just like you didn't know when you first found this other book, what is an empath? So there's many types of empaths, but they have commonalities, all of them. The biggest thing is that they're highly, highly sensitive. And I don't mean emotionally sensitive. I mean energetically sensitive. That means that you can read people. You read their emotions. You read their, their body language. You read their energy. Your heightened awareness gives you a sense of what's taking place around you before your conscious mind even knows what's taking place. You mm-hmm. understand things on a whole other level. You're sensitive in all ways, including, you know, heightened senses uh, of smell, of sight, of hearing. Um, your skin is more sensitive to all products. You're, you know, you feel things so much deeper. Anything you can think of that's probably more sensitive for you than it is for others. Wow. So this quiz mm-hmm. that you took, like, because I know you put one in your book as well, like, is there, like, how does the quiz work? Like, is there, are there, like, you said, like, when you pulled it up on Google, there were all these, these um, quizzes. Are, were they all the same? Did they all ask the same questions? Or They didn't, actually. And as I grew in my abilities and understanding, I realized that not all of the quizzes were necessarily accurate in their questions. My mm. questions are very much... Um, they, 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 they ask the questions in a way that doesn't point out exactly what makes you sensitive, but more the reactions that you're used to getting. So, for example, one of the things was, um, do, do plants and animals have consciousness? The people who understand what that means really know what that means. And the ones who don't, don't have a, the slightest clue what you're talking about. So right. you, you ask somebody... Do plants and animals have consciousness? Well, somebody who understands that is going to go, yeah, I talk to my dog all the time. Like, I understand my dog. <laughs> and other people yeah. will be like, what are you talking about? The dog barks. Like, don't be ridiculous, right? So the questions are very much geared towards only an empath is really going to understand those questions. And I've watched people take that quiz over and over and over, and it has nailed them. every single time, even if they're unsure on some of the questions. It's been fascinating because I I can look at people and know they're an empath, but I don't tell Mm -hmm. them because it's a journey, and I let them take the quiz for themselves, and I let them come to that dawning of understanding on their own, and it's so fun to watch. I bet. So I, I, uh, I took the quiz. It's, it's very, in, in Kim's book, it's the opening sort of uh, chapter, basically, like first things first, let's find out if you have empath traits. And out of 24 questions that you give us, I had five that either had a disagree or an unsure out of the 24. And some of them, hold on just a second, sorry. Sorry about that. Is everybody still here? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, something just happened to my phone. It went off. Apparently, the angels were interrupting me. Okay, we'll <laughs> we'll take that as an interruption. <laughs> but so uh, one of the things that I noticed really was the, and I don't want to say the word negative, but there are some traits 
that are more emotional than others. For instance, you cry easily for no reason. You get overwhelmed in crowded places. You avoid conflict at all costs. Your emotions change quickly around people. Uh, mood swings are not uncommon. Uh, you know, one of them I loved, friends and strangers share their deepest secrets with you, but you didn't ask. And so oh some God. of these things, it, yeah, but it's like, because being an empath, you know, it's like, oh, I'm an empath. But when you're an empath, it it's not, again, I don't want to say negative, but there's a lot that goes with that because you're taking on so much of other people's stuff. And so, so taking the quiz sort of identified for me, like these things that really come at me, uh, you know, that I don't like. Like, for one of the things is the overwhelm. I'm very overwhelmed in crowded places. I used to hear ringing in my ears. You talk about the ringing in your ears in your book. And so I just wanted to talk a little bit about the emotional cost of being an empath. Well, it's funny you ask about that because the reason that those traits are so prominent and why I use them in my quiz is because those are all signs and traits of an empath who is untrained and unhealthy still. When you reach the point where you have done your healing, where you are an effective empath, none of those things will affect you. And yet you will still be a, a 100% an empath. But none of those questions will apply any longer. <clears throat> but I have not come across a single empath that starts out that way. <laughs> their emotions yeah I was the same way my whole life the sensitivity to being at the mall would just be a nightmare but the reason that we are that way and we're and there's only one in ten people who are empaths it's not the entire population but it's a significant number one in ten if you think of seven billion people is a lot yeah and yeah what we're meant to do, what is happening when we get those feelings like that or why we're taking people's stuff on, we're actually meant to transmute that energy for them. We're actually meant to convert energy. We're, we're meant to be transformers. Wow. <clears throat> and wow. if we're healthy and if we're effective, that energy will move through us the way it's meant to. It will be transmuted. It will be transferred. It will be grounded. And it will be converted without any negative response from us. But that is not the case right now because we haven't learned how to do it effectively. Uh-huh. You mean most impacts haven't learned how to do it effectively? Most, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Kim, I'm, I, uh, I'm like... Go ahead. I was just going to say, like, the, the questions that Kathy was asking as far as the... Um, the quiz goes, I mean, like, that is my daughter to a T. And mm-hmm. I, like, I mean, like, I'm almost shaking right now because, like, this is, like, this book is going to be so amazing for her because she's going to read it and she's going to, like, a lot of things are going to, I feel like she's going to finally understand who she is because of this. I mean, I just, like, yeah. I'm so excited right now. Like, I can't even believe it. <laughs> but anyway, so... Um, that is so, so important, understanding. You, I know. I'm so – and I, I have, like, so many questions, like, throw, flowing through my mind right now, like, how long does it take and, you know, how, what's the best way to do it? And But, like, so in your book, you have, like, the chakras and the pendulums and the Akashic records. And so let's talk about all of those things, like Kathy was referring to the encyclopedia there. Like, let's – how do you bring those things? Like, is it um, – is there just one that's like really good or do you use two or three? Like how does that, how does it all work? So my recommendation for empaths, the first step is knowing you're an empath. That's why the quiz is at the very front. None of it matters unless you have determined, yes, I'm an empath or no, I am not. That is like step one. Once you know you're an empath, then what? Then comes understanding, education, And that doesn't mean the same thing for everybody. Because even though we're all empaths, we're all very unique and we're all very individual. And we all do have very individual abilities as well. So when when you go through the book, what I tell people is that when you read the book, 
pay attention to what resonates with you and don't worry about the rest. Just disregard it. Mm-hmm. You'll pick out the things that feel right for you, the stuff that you get excited about, the stuff that you're drawn to, the stuff that's like, wow, I want to check into that. And you check into it, and if it turns out that's not really for you, that's okay. Try the next thing that you're excited about. But I guarantee you one of those things in the book will speak to you. Follow that path. That is your guidance. That's what's telling you this is where you go next. But that education and understanding, that's all part of it first. After you've gotten that part, after, after you've reached the point where you have some understanding, you kind of feel like you know who you are and what's been going on with you and the whys of it all, now, now it's time to start your healing process. And the healing process can take as long as it needs to, and it's going to be different for everybody, and I'll never give anybody a date. It's not like it's going to take you at least a month, or you should at least spend six months, or you should at least spend this month. No, it's, that's very individual. Everybody needs to figure out what's right for them. But healing is key for everybody. And I'm not talking just empaths. I mean everybody. So, so, so important. You know, and Kim, yeah. I, I, I'm fascinated by the, the part in your book where you do talk about how you had to heal yourself and how this kind of opened up to a healing that you weren't even maybe aware that you needed. Because we go through our lives sort of operating on autopilot, and then something comes into our life to wake us up. It could be, you know, something great. It could be traumatic. It could be, you know, your experience that all of a sudden you knew all of a sudden this makes all of a sudden everything's come together. But I find it fascinating um, that we go through our lives with these symptoms, not knowing what they are, until we have this wake-up call. And one of the symptoms that you talked about, besides the crowds, was this in your. It's very in the very beginning of the book, still uh, pensive and dreamy. And it says here, this will happen most often if the person you are listening to has a monotone voice with no inflections in their voice. You drift away. You may have had difficulty in school because you couldn't stay focused during lectures and you get lost in your thoughts. And I laugh because that is me to a T. Like I'm laughing because I think there are times when I look at somebody and think, oh, dear God, what did they just say? And I actually wrote about it in my own book because I was embarrassed that that was a quality that I had because I was like I had been in situations where I was like, oh, my God, I have no idea what that person just said. So I, I know I'm an empath, but I just wanted to point that out, that there's some things about yourself that you don't understand right now if you're an empath, and this book will bring you back to understanding, you know, like why I act the way I act. So moving forward, I would love for you to explain to people in, you know, sort of this, the way that you do it, which is very layman terms, which makes it so easy for people to understand about the chakras. Because one of the things that you talk about is that your chakras were out of alignment and you didn't even know it, and you had a physical effect after you had your first chakra clearing, which I was, like, reading going, oh, my God, did you survive, you know? Did you survive your illness? <laughs> I was shocked. <laughs> I was yeah, so if you could talk about yeah, the chakras, I would physical. Absolutely. So chakras, um, and, and really, you can use any, any term you want for it, but commonly chakras is the terminology used. What they actually are, so just there's various aspects of our beings. We're very complicated as humans. And there's so much more to us than the physical. So you have your physical body, but then you also have an emotional body, and you also have an energetic body, and you also have a spiritual body, and so on. And the energetic body if you think of it just as like electricity coursing through your body, and that's think of it as picture your body physically, but only as energy, only as electricity. So if you have that image in your mind, what there are is seven circular vortices aligning the front and back. They almost go right through you basically. There are seven centers starting at your perineum and going all the way up to the crown of your head. There's seven of them. And they feed energy outwards to the rest of your body to smaller-sized chakras. And so that energy flows 
and feeds your body and is part of what keeps you alive. And those can actually be moved through traumas, bad experiences, various things. Even somebody doing energy work on you that doesn't know what they're doing can actually shift one out of alignment. And so when I had somebody doing Reiki on me, she found that I had this massive weight actually kind of pinning one of my chakras down, if you will. At least that's how it felt. That's the best way I can describe it physically is that it was almost like having a bowling ball sitting on my heart. And it was almost out of alignment a little bit as well. And when she moved it off, and we're not talking physical here, all she did was kind of move her hand with intention above my heart. I thought I was going to pass out. I, I was literally laying flat on a Reiki table, on a massage table, and I got so dizzy. I thought I was going to fall off the table, and I can't. I'm laying flat on my back in the center of this table. I'm not going anywhere. But, man, wow. the room just spun and everything shifted. I'm just like, whoa. <laughs> and, then, and then when she was done and she put everything back the way it's supposed to be, I felt amazing, like I've never felt before. It was the most powerful thing to convince me that this stuff was real. It's so tangible. Wow. And, and then, and, and Kim, though, um, you did have a physical response when you were get, when the clearing was coming. So you felt so great. But a couple of days later, you felt really sick. Yeah, some of us do go through that. It's what we call a healing crisis. It's common for people who have been through extreme trauma or... Um, mm-hmm have maybe been addicts and ingested things into their body. It was really unhealthy for them and so on and so forth. For me, it was mostly trauma related and emotionally related. And when my body started purging deep from within on many levels, I got very sick. It was, it was pretty much like having the flu. Uh, I really resonated with that part of the book because I, I am a you know a firm believer of emotional and physical being a part of each other, 100%. You know, I think we can cure ourselves of just about anything if our emotions are right. So I, when I was reading that, I was, I was almost with you going, oh, God, I just could just feel the fever and the shaking and the, <laughs> the sickness of it, it, you know, as you wrote it, it which, is, which I love that about your, your writing because I was able to get into that emotion with you uh, but really just to know that after that, you felt like a free, a freedom, like something was, and, and I believe that when we lift those dark emotions that are deep, deep cellular level emotions, that that can, um, is a game changer physically. So I really just wanted to touch on the fact that there, it is a process healing. It's not just go for a Reiki, which we're going to talk about your Reiki in a minute, but it's not just going for the healing. It's a process. And so you really resonate. Very I mean, you really just point that out in the book, uh, about the, the healing process and getting to a place of wholeness so that you now can share your message. So I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Kim, honey, you, so you touched on something. Um, I want to talk about pendulums too, cause I think they're really cool, but, but, but you sparked something else in me and you said like, you know, it can do damage or you, that, that wasn't your words, but if, if you're not working with somebody that really knows what they're doing, so yeah. how do you, like, how do you trust that? Like, how do you know, like, is it, you know, how do you find that right person? Like, how did you find that person? Well, actually, I find, I found a lot of the wrong ones. <laughs> ah. Which is fine, because that's how I learned. That's how I learned so that I could teach others how to figure that out. I had to take the wrong way so I could teach the right way. So it's fine. I mean, that's just how it was meant to be for me, and that's I accept that. But yeah, I know they're they're definitely not everybody's created equally. Obviously, in any industry, in any any of this stuff. First thing I always tell people is trust your intuition first and foremost. Even if you get a referral, you go to call this healer to book an appointment, and something feels off. I don't care. 
if you think it's rude. I don't care if it's an inconvenience. You don't go to them. If it doesn't <laughs> feel right, honor yourself first and foremost, always. So a good lesson. I've had people that have done that. They said, you know, I went anyways. I wasn't sure. I was kind of not feeling right as soon as I got there and I met them. And I'm just, mm. I was like, oh, I guess I'll just do it. I, I, you know, I'm here now. I'm like, no, don't do that. It's, it's, right. It's almost like you're doing more damage. Exactly. It's just money. Walk out. It is yeah. not mm-hmm. worth it. I've had to yeah. fix so many things from people who have gone to the wrong person. And it, it's not necessarily that they intended any harm. It's not that they meant for that to happen. You really do need to go to an, a healer that is an energetic match for you. And when you're not a match, things can go awry. And it's not because one person isn't good at what they do. It's not necessarily because they intended any harm. It's just because you're not meant to work together. And that part right. is really important. But also, yeah. it's all good too. And referrals are very important. If somebody is known to get results over and over and over, then probably they're going to be really good. And if you go to them then you have to start paying attention to your own intuition. Are they good for me? Are they a right fit for me? Does this feel good? When you walk in, do you feel welcomed or do you automatically start closing in on yourself? All those things are super important. Yeah, you know, I, I, listening to you talk about this, it's like, it's almost like, you know, we need to check in with ourselves on a, on a moment-to-moment basis in everything. You know what I mean? Like in every in every process of our lives, in every moment of our lives, just to see, like, you know, because that's really honoring ourselves. So often I feel like we don't honor what we really feel, you know. It's like, oh, you know, poo-poo, like you were saying, you know, like, oh, I don't want to make them feel bad or whatever. So I love mm-hmm. that. I love that. Um, okay, so, oh, my gosh, I have, like, a list of so many things. Okay, so chakras, <laughs> pendulums, angels, spirit guide, Reiki, Akasha records. Where do we even start? So how, okay, we talked a little bit about chakras. Let's go to pendulums. Okay, so tell, tell us how that all works. So pendulums are fascinating, actually, and I would tell everybody don't rely on them ever. They're not a reliable <laughs> source of information. The way they operate, the way they work, is they're actually working from you. You're the one actually making the pendulum move. And I don't mean physically. I don't mean like your hand is moving and making the pendulum move. It's a vibration that comes from your subconscious, travels through your body, travels to the pendulum, and it's, it, it makes the pendulum move. Now, the tricky part. Yes, it's accurate for the information that you're drawing from your subconscious, but that doesn't mean your subconscious always has the right information. When we are not fully healed, when we're not fully, um, when we haven't cleaned out our filters, <laughs> the best way right. to put it, when we haven't cleaned out our filters, the information can get distorted, which is why pendulums aren't necessarily reliable. So you may ask a question and you may get an answer and think, okay, well, I got an answer. Uh, back it up with something else because that's not enough. Mm right? I use it just for basic unimportant things, or at least I did in the beginning. I don't use them anymore, but they're great to start with, and they're a lot of fun. They're an absolute hoot. Uh-huh. But what happened when I overused mine is my guides absolutely stopped making it work. Like, they literally made it so my pendulum wouldn't budge. They're like, put it oh my down. God, so put it down. It's not <laughs> cute anymore. Yet. It's not fun. I'm having too much fun with it. <laughs> But yeah, no, it is. It's working from you. And so that's why you can't get future-based information from it because unless you know the answer, then really it doesn't matter what you get, right? You're you're basically, whatever you think the answer to your question is, is how you're going to actually get a response on the pendulum. So Uh, it's working from what you already know. Okay. And if you think you know and you strongly believe it and you're just asking it for confirmation it's just going to confirm what you already strongly believe all right so they are just like a bit of a fun little 
little ritual, if yeah. you will. I love yeah, it. Yeah, so an extension of you. So, okay. So what do you feel like the the most effective modalities are? Like, for example, your Reiki, your, you know, you, like, are you a, did you get trained as a master? Like what, or do you just like to use it? Like, tell me about that. Yeah, no, I'm a master three times over. I got my Violet Flame Reiki master, Karuna Reiki master, um, Yusri Reiki master. So I teach that, of course. Um, right. I'm flying to Canada, I think. It. <laughs> I recommend it for beginners. I like Reiki for beginners. And the reason I like it for beginners is because it's easy to learn. It's easy to do. It's easy to teach. You pretty much can't screw it up no matter how hard you try. It's that simple. If you're attuned properly, I mean, you have it forever. You have the ability forever to channel energy through your body and concentrate it through your hands into yourself, into a dog, into a person, into a situation. And it's, it's non-invasive. And mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's, it's great for the beginner. And I, I tell people it's when you, when you start with Reiki, just the attunements, just the process of getting it's so that your body can channel that energy is healing for you. It already starts the healing process for you. And it also gives you, it's empowering because you're able to help yourself. And it's empowering because you can help people around you, which is huge for empaths. We like to help others. So giving them a tool to do that with, brilliant. It's a great place to start. Akashic Records, I do not let people start in Akashic Records unless they've done some other spiritual work. Akashic Records is pretty advanced and very intense. The first time I took a group into Akashic Records, we had about 15 people. I won't do that again because when I open the Akashic Records, I do it with them, and I got the biggest migraine of my life. (laughs) Oh, my God. Wow. Yeah. It's too much. It's too much. You really, it, it's, it's very internal and it's daunting for the beginner because you're really having to rely on intuitive hits, on your abilities, on your um, ability to get clairvoyant information or clairaudient information or clairsentient information. And if you don't really understand those things, you're not ready for Akashic Records. It will just overwhelm you and you'll just want to quit so i i I say to those if you hmm. well i was going to say you know in the book uh you do break down that clairvoyant stuff for us and i love that part of it but i wanted to before we go there I, you do a group, so you do the individual healings, and you offer individual mm-hmm. healings. Are you still doing those individual Reiki healings uh, for one-on-ones with people? You know, unfortunately, we got too busy. My partner and I would do them together with clients, and you know, it's amazing. The two of us working together does, oh my gosh, so much. And we use everything. We use channeling we use akashic records and we use energy work we i mean we use everything we've got in every session but unfortunately we were getting to the point where we were busy every night of the week and so what my guides wanted us to do was to take it into group sessions and we did it for the first time at the end of june and much to my trepidation i was very nervous about it it worked phenomenally it was just it blew me away I went from doing something one-on-one with people, you know, which you really kind of get that personal experience. You get to know them. You really, it's quite different to a large group where I'm getting guidance from my partner who's doing all the channeling with the angels for me and telling me what I need to do and giving me direction and taking an entire group of 30 people and doing the same thing I would do in an hour with one with 30 and wow. I wasn't sure about it. I was really freaked out about it. They're like, no, no, you're fine. You can do this now. You're strong enough now. You, you have it. I'm like, yeah, sure. I'll believe it when I see it. <laughs> but I did it anyways, even though I was terrified. 
And the testimonials spoke for themselves. I'm convinced um, now that I can do this. Yeah. I just, I just needed I that first that. one to, under my belt. <laughs> and you call wow. that your group infinity healing. And people mm-hmm. can find you for, uh, and find these healings on your website, which is kimwirch.com, K-I-M-W-U-I-R-C-H.com. I wanted to throw that out there. Uh, and you, uh, basically you have many events coming up, um, and they can go to your website, pick on the event tab for details. And and before we go further, I just want to also mention that you can get Kim's book, Waking Up an Impasse, in many metaphysical stores in Alberta, Chapters Indigo in Calgary, and online from Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Balboa Press, and iBooks. And you also have a few events coming up uh, for book signings and New York. So maybe you could just give us a quick rundown on where you're going to be in the next couple of uh, months because you do have some exciting things coming up. And then we'll go back to our impact. But I want to get this in before the end of the show. And we're getting down to like 15 minutes. So you yeah, can give us where you're you going to be. You mentioned John, uh, John from Empowered by John. He convinced me to come to Buffalo, New York. I was really excited about it, actually. It's going to be awesome. uh, It's going to be so fun. They they have this big annual holistic health expo every year. And so it's my first time doing that. That's what they wanted me to come for originally. They're like, come to the expo. It's one day, but you're going to love it. And I mean, I do expos all the time. So I thought, yeah, sure. Why not? I've never been to Buffalo. And, you know, there's going to be all these light workers there and tons of people I've never met. So I'm super stoked. And I'm like, well, John, you know, while I'm there, make it worth my while, and I'll stay a few days, right? And he's like, okay. And so sure enough, he got me into Barnes & Noble, you know, got me a book signing in Amherst, New York, and I'm I'm doing a uh, book signing in Lancaster. I mean, it's just going to be a whole week of all kinds of events, which I have them all posted up on Facebook and on my website and then, yeah, we're just starting to branch out now. I'm really getting told that I need to start making myself more widely available. So I am. Yeah. I'm going to be doing nonstop book signing tour for probably the next year for sure on this book and um, various events. Um, I've been told that I need to make the group healing very much a priority, though. So twice a month for sure. And expanding out to other areas to make myself and my partner accessible to more people. Obviously, not everybody can travel to me, and we're only two people, so we should travel to to others, right? And that's what we're going to do. Uh, I don't know if you have any plans to come to California, but by all means, if you do, please let us know because we're we're yeah, far away free. from New York. But- yeah, but we would love to find you in California if you ever make it out here. And it, you know, I think what my listeners, our listeners, what I love uh, them to hear is that, you know, when you're a self-published author, which means basically that you don't have a publishing company behind you, but even if you do have a publishing company behind you, all of the marketing and all of the events and all of the reaching out really is done by the author unless you're lucky enough to have a PR person in your pocket or a friend like, you know, John or someone, I know you hire John and, and, and it's difficult to get noticed in this busy, busy world of authors because there's so much information and there's so many messages to put out. And so really that process, I, I'm very proud of you because when I'm seeing you coming up with all these events, I, I know how much work you, goes into that. So I, I just want to say bravo because it takes a lot of work to do that. And so now switching kind of gears, I wanted to talk to you. One of the thing, chapters in your book was the old soul. And, you know, often we'll see a child or a baby and we'll say, oh, he's an old soul. Because, you know, sometimes you even see a little boy dressed up like a little man and you're like, old soul. And I've always thought that I personally had, like, the ability to say old soul, young soul. I know I'm a young soul. And my reasoning for being in, knowing that is because I – learn things the hard way. I don't have the knowledge behind me of life lessons. <laughs> I wondered if you'd touch a little bit on what old soul versus new soul, you know, young soul means and, and how that played into your process. Um, I love young souls. <laughs> <There's> the <best. laughs> I'm one, definitely. 
Um, so old soul, my mom, my mom identified me as an old soul when I was like two years old and she used to get a kick out of it because by the time I was three, I was changing my brother's diapers and basically being a mom and basically just doing what I've probably done for centuries and just, it's normal to me, right? And my mom used to tell me that I wouldn't hang out with any of the kids my age because I couldn't relate to them. They're too young. And I was always hanging around with the adults. And I was always, as a teenager, giving advice to people. And just, I was very old. And it was so obvious I was very old. Like, and I don't mean in age or or even in wisdom so much. It was just more uh, knowing, uh, um, a familiarity with having been incarnated here specifically on earth and this familiarity with earth and nothing being new to me and very little making me excited because it's kind of been there, done that. Right. And, but that's what I love about new souls. New souls are awesome because <laughs> you got to watch them. They, they're the ones that are going to just run out into the street. They're the ones that are going to stick the fork in the light socket, you know, <laughs> just to see what happens. <laughs> They're, I'm sadly embarrassed. Because <laughs> I'm such a new soul, and which is good because I feel like I'll be able to come back quite a bit now. But <laughs> yeah, definitely oh, a new soul. Your poor mother. <laughs> yeah. I no, I, I was one of those, and I, I and I still, you know, and uh, I see my grandson who's six years old, and and I think he's been here for centuries because he's an old cowboy. And and he's been a cowboy since he was six or seven months old. As soon as he could put a holster and a, and a hat on, you know. And I thought, exactly, he's a cowboy. Yeah, and it's so clear to me <laughs> at six years old that he's an old soul. So it, I think that you you can figure it out if you kind of watch people. But again, the process of figuring that out uh, was something that you had already known. And uh, I thought that was just an interesting chapter in your book. I really enjoyed it. I wrote a blog Can about I... new souls, actually. It's on my website. Oh, you did? It's really fun. Mm-hmm. Nice. I will read that. Yeah, I want all of our listeners to just, like, so find out about you and learn about you because I'm just so intrigued. I cannot wait. Cannot wait. Um, so, okay, one of the things that really intrigued me was you have – so you have a symbol that you got tattooed. You created a symbol and two things – you also started an empath starter kit, which I love. So <laughs> is the symbol part of the starter kit or, you know, how does that, how does that all work? So the symbol wasn't created by me. It was actually given to me. The symbol is the empath symbol. It was given mm. to me by the symbols archangel. And I call him the symbols archangel because I don't actually know his name. But he's constantly doing stuff on me with symbols and attunements and weird things. <laughs> and he just, he works with symbols. He's the guy that um, understands crop circles and understands the Yasui Reiki symbols and had involvement in giving that to Dr. Yasui. And like, he is the guy. And so I've been asking for this empath symbol from the get-go because I knew there was one. And he wouldn't give it to me. <laughs> like, bang, oh my God, that's a... the, you know, I did the human thing. Well, if you're not going to give it to me, I'll just create my own. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I didn't. That's just me being a pouty child. But it wasn't until I was pretty much done the book, it was in the last edit before it went to print, that he finally gave it to me. And wow. didn't give me a whole lot of info. I know a cheeky monkey, hey? And so I managed to slip it in at the at the last minute. So there isn't a whole lot of info in the book about it because it was only as much as I could glean at the time. Yeah. But anybody who gets near this symbol, I tell them, hover your hand over it. If you have the book, hover your hand over the symbol. And anybody who is sensitive or spiritual in any way will feel it instantly. It will feel the connection to the energy that that symbol is connecting us to. Because that's all it is. The symbol itself does nothing. But the symbol is the gateway to the energy for empaths. And that what that energy does is actually helps us with our abilities to be healthier 
and helps us to be stronger as empaths. And it does so much for us. It's really, really important, which is why I started putting it on all of my products in my book, everywhere that I can put it to make it visible to people so that they can use it and so that they can feel it and so that it can start helping them. Wow. That's awesome. And then your starter kit, is that, tell us a little bit about that. Oh, that was, that was for fun. And then it became, it came to fruition. My partner um, started creating them for me because I'm at all these events. And when you meet somebody who's so new to this, the book is great. But the next thing that people that are new to this stuff gravitate towards is some tools. Now, as you, as you progress and as you go along, you don't need the tools anymore. But it's kind of a starting point. And it's really nice to have some simple tools with instructions on how to, you know, start helping ourselves or start understanding this stuff. And so it gives you a little bit of a glimpse into how to use sage, you know, how to use it for cleansing. Um, I put a grounding crystal in there because as I enforce repeatedly in the book, grounding is so important and what that means. And there's my lavender oil in there with the empath symbol on it, of course, infusing that oil um, for, you know, using for your emotions. You can use it for, you know, just putting it near you. It'll help you with your emotional body. It's great in your bath. I put some Epsom salts in there, again, for cleansing. You know, so it's just a real basic kit of the most simplest items with instructions. And it's all the stuff that you're going to need right off the bat before you do anything else. Just to kind of, again, a one-stop shop. That's, I love the ritualisticness of it, you know, like I'm, I'm huge on mm-hmm. rituals and stuff. And so I love that part of it. I, you know, I, that very much and, intrigues and makes it fun for me. Kim, you talk about uh, one of the things in your starter kit is the Epsom salts or sea salt with a little lavender oil. It, you know, checking for sensitivity, but it's one of the things that you wrote in your book about yourself is that you'll soak yourself in, in Epsom. Like you said, I think there was a sentence that said, and I just went and soaked myself for an hour in Epsom salt. Why <laughs> Epsom salt? I mean, why, yeah, why is that for, for people like us, the empath, the person that carries all of this stuff or picks up other people's energy or maybe even has, you know, responses? Like, I want to share a story with our listeners. A friend of mine had a situation where her ex-husband's wife was dying and she was feeling all of the emotion and this lady was hours away from her but she couldn't understand why her feelings were so emotional that day and like literally but the connections from picking up on her ex-husband's feelings around what he was experiencing was what she didn't understand and she was so she was actually empathically picking up his energy through what he was experiencing by watching his then wife die. Right. Mm-hmm. So she called me and she didn't know what she didn't know what was happening. And I, I said to her, Oh, you're an empath. Look it up on Google. So she did what you did. And I also turned her on to your book, but it was fascinating that she had no, and she said, called me back and said, that explains everything. That's exactly what happened. So what, so someone in that position who's, feeling all this stuff, what does the Epsom salt do for a person who's feeling all this energy that they can't understand? Because I know that you did that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I say Epsom salt or, or sea salt or whatever because it's a, such a standard basic item that you can get at the grocery store that you probably have in your house. And the reason salt is so effective at cleansing us energetically is because it's of the earth. It's of the earth, which means it's grounding. And grounding, what grounding does for us, it is, it's what allows us to channel energy through our body into the earth. So if you understand how electricity works, you know, when you have a live wire flying around, it's pretty dangerous. But when you, when you ground it, then the energy has somewhere to go, correct? Mm, so yeah. that's essentially what the salt is doing. The salt is connecting you to ground, and so then a lot of that stuff can drain off. Now, it doesn't necessarily get it all because it's a very basic tool. But like mm-hmm. I said, it's plentiful, easy to access, 
easy to use, it dissolves in the water. It, it, it's so easy that that's why it's our go-to thing. I, I love that. And I love, you know, I love, uh, I, I'm going to add that to definitely to my, to my repertoire now after reading that. <laughs> yeah, I love that. So, Kim, honey, we have just a few more minutes, and I just want to touch on angels really quickly, and then I know we're going to all pull cards and, and do our Wayne yeah. Dyer quote. But just talk to us just for a, a couple of seconds on angels and your guides and, and how that all works as far as being an empath. So uh, angels and archangels are, are kind of complicated to get into for a short conversation, but my uh, guide is Archangel Raziel. He's the one I work with. But then I, I do work with many others who come and go because they have various specialties. And, you know, I'll work with whoever can help me with a certain thing. And they do work through me. They do channel through me. And sometimes I just have conversations with them to kind of get information. And the reason now that I only work with Archangels and Angels is because they do have that higher perspective. They do have that um, you know, if you think about the ants on the ground versus the, you know, the eye in the sky, who has the bigger perspective on things? So archangels very much have that perspective overall. And so I get all my guidance from them. I work with them specifically on energy work and anything that I need to do. And so not everybody is able to do that, but whoever you are able to work with, just even getting to the point where you're actually able to communicate with your guides doesn't matter who my guides are. Whoever your guides are is going to be what's more important mm-hmm. to you. Mm. And I'm telling you, it's not the simplest thing to even be able to talk to souls who have crossed over, who people who have died. If you're able to do that alone, you're already way ahead of the game. So get to yeah. that point wow. first before you worry about angels and archangels because angels and archangels are like, you know, you think of a soul it's probably easier to access because we're right across the street. Think of archangels are about 10 planets away by comparison. That's how much more complicated it is to communicate with them. Well, you know what? I would love, we we will definitely have you back, love, so that we can talk about that because that sounds fascinating. But because we're a little bit of shorter time, why don't you pull the card, your first, the first card of our card pulling and uh, let us know what you get. Okay, so I'm going to use the um, Divine Guidance deck, is what it's called. It's by Cheryl Lee Harnish. I actually do reference her in my book. Oh, there's the card already. Um, She does fractal art, which is amazing, beautiful, beautiful artwork. And the way I do it is I just shuffle the deck until something jumps out. Usually it doesn't take very long, as as you know. I just did it now and came flying out. So the number I got is number nine. So let's just see what that one's about. Because it's just a picture on the card. Very pretty. So it's called Rewards. So this is interesting. Listen to this. We have Liftoff. Energetically and physically, things are about to take off in your world. Hold on to your hat. (laughs) All your hard work is about to pay off. Whatever your venture is right now, there is a great movement coming. Oh, I'll say. Things are about to skyrocket for you. Good things do come, and this is your time to enjoy them. You have done the work, and now is the time to reap the rewards. Congratulations. Oh, I love that. Kim, I want to thank you so much for being a guest on our show today. I'm super excited to follow your journey in the next couple in the next year while you go off and, and promote your book and your healing. We're down to one minute, so I am going to go ahead and read a quick Wayne Dyer Wednesday quote, and it says, A mind at peace, a mind centered and not focused on harming others, is stronger than any physical force in the universe. And I love that because I feel like the empathic work is is all about that. It's all about healing, and it's all about not harming another person but being there for them. So, Carrie, if there's, we got 32 seconds. I want to say goodbye to you, my dear friend. And, Kim, we loved having you, and we would love to have you back after your tour in maybe in mid-October sometime, and you can talk to us about that. Absolutely. 
All right, love. Well, I just want to give everybody the biggest aloha. So much love sending to you, and I can't wait. Oh, we're off next week, everybody, so uh, we won't have a show next week, but we will be back two weeks from now. I cannot believe how fast this hour went, Kim. I love you to the stars. (laughs) Kath, I love you. Aloha to everybody, and we'll see you on the other side. All right, aloha. Bye. Bye. Love you all.